I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Labor unrest is making waves in Hollywood, and now it has reached the superhero realm. What I mean is, in an industry first, many visual effects or VFX employees at Marvel Studios are asking for union representation. So on Monday, a group of more than 50 on-set visual effects members made a bold move. They officially asked the National Labor Relations Board to hold an election. Potentially as early as August 21st, to bring in the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, or the IATSE, to represent them. This is a big deal because the VFX industry has largely remained union-free ever since Star Wars ushered in the age of high-tech visual effects in the late 1970s. While this might be the first time the VFX industry is moving towards unionizing, it's worth mentioning that almost 10 years ago there was talk about the possibility of a union. This discussion emerged after Rhythm and Hues faced financial troubles after its remarkable work on the visuals for the Oscar-winning film Life of Pi. However, as you might have guessed, that idea never took off. Fast forward to 2023, and the overworked, underpaid visual effects team at Marvel Studios isn't staying quiet about it anymore. They want the same rights, fair wages, and professional protections that workers elsewhere in the entertainment industry already have. In the words of Isabella Huffman, a visual effects coordinator at Marvel, as mentioned in the IATSE announcement, visual effects must become a sustainable and safe department for everyone who suffered far too long, and for all newcomers who need to know they won't be exploited. In March, there was a shakeup with the departure of Victoria Alonso, the head of VFX at Marvel. Plus, in the last few months, Marvel's VFX team has been unhappy with the work environment. The super long hours and non-stop seven-day work weeks. Now imagine Hollywood's VFX workers going on strike en masse. It'll be like the Avengers went on leave when Thanos came to town. The Hollywood writers' strike will seem like a trailer then. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business. And anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I am Farheen Khan, and this is the deep dive for 9 August 2023. In the Western countries, the cost of manufactured goods such as shoes, toys, garments, even electronics may soon see a spike. Are you wondering what is the reason behind this impending price jump? Well, the answer to this question lies in Asia. The so-called world's factory floor, where young workers have seemingly decided that the old factory grind isn't their jam anymore. Take for example a factory garment in Vietnam, co-founded by British businessman Paul Norris. Norris told the Wall Street Journal that the twenty-something workers are either dropping out of his company's training program or treating the factory job as a brief pit stop. Another company, American furniture maker Lovesack, is also finding it increasingly difficult to hire young workers in its factories in China. The result: a shortage of young labor across China, Vietnam, and other Asian countries has forced factory owners to open their wallets wider. To lure in Gen Z workers, factories are pulling out all the stops, 
increasing wages, jazzing up cafeterias, offering free yoga and dance classes, and even setting up in-house kindergartens for the children of workers. In the grand scheme, this translates to one thing. Labor costs are soaring, and as a result, a slew of Western brands that have long reveled in Asia's ultra-cheap labor are now sounding alarm bells about their price tags. Toy maker Hasbro and Barbie maker Mattel, which produce most of their toys in Asia, have already hiked prices. Shoemaker Nike said in June that because of higher labor expenses, its products will also become costlier. Consumers in America and other developed countries who have grown accustomed to cheap fashion and other stuff at dirt cheap rates may be in for a reckoning now. London-based economist Manoj Pradhan told the Wall Street Journal, and I am reading it out, For US consumers who have been used to having goods at a certain and relatively stable part of their disposable income, I think that foundation is going to have to be rejiggered. End quote. What he is saying is, basically, is that people in these countries will now have to change their consumer habits, and so do the brands. In the past, when labor costs had soared up in one region, brands and companies simply moved away to another place with cheaper labor. Doing that is not so easy anymore. In many nations in Africa and South Asia, there is still a big pool of ultra-cheap labor that the West might want to exploit. But none provide a politically stable environment and solid infrastructure and skilled workforce quite like China, Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand and India. Clothing brands did try to take their operations to Myanmar and Ethiopia, but political unrest disrupted the businesses. Companies are even trying to set up factories in rural areas of China and other manufacturing countries, but the same problem rises again. Lack of skilled workforce and quite a distance from ports. What about automation though? We keep hearing that it will disrupt and replace labor worldwide. But yet again, factory owners run into the same problem. You need mechanical engineers to take care of machines, and young mechanical engineers will prefer IT over factories. Which brings us to the nucleus of this issue. Why don't Gen Z Asian workers want to work in good old factories? What is the goddamn issue? To say that Gen Z is lazy and doesn't want to work is quite frankly an annoying cliché now. One thing that can actually explain Gen Z Asian workers not lining up to spend their lives in the humdrum of factories is a vital demographic shift, which happened in Asia in the past decades. For example, in China, young people are now educated and often the only child of their parents. They don't have that kind of pressure to bring in money that their parents had to grapple with. As one factory owner told the Wall Street Journal, everybody now wants to be an influencer or a stylist or a photographer or want to work at a coffee shop. Which signals that the youth has higher aspiration. Which, to be frank, doesn't exactly seem like a bad thing. It indicates that the manufacturing boom in Asia has at least given some of the young workers the freedom to choose what they want to do with their lives, something that affluent classes in the West long enjoyed. And then, nobody can deny that these factories don't have the best record. A 2020 BBC report says that Indian women working in supplier factories of luxury brand Ralph Lauren were forced to stay overnight to complete orders, sometimes even requiring them to sleep on the factory floor. The New York Times reported that the jerseys sold by Nike and Adidas for $90 to $150 during the Football World Cup last year were made in a factory in Myanmar 
where workers were paid $2 a day. Susie Santi, a 29-year-old Indonesian, told the Wall Street Journal that she hated working in shoe factories because of being pressured by her manager to work faster. Now, in Taiwan, she is taking care of an elderly couple and the job pays three times more and it's far less exhausting. Well, 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 if that's the case, can you then really blame Gen Z workers for not wanting to hustle in factories anymore? If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast, so feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Anup and Manaswini, edited by Dinesh Narayanan, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.